Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Stay at Home Thad. Well, hello and welcome to the greatest time of the year. That's right. We have just come out of week one of the NFL season and what a first week of football it was. Welcome to Stay at Home Thad, everybody. This is, of course, Thad. And so happy that you are joining me today. Man, football is back. Let's Go, as Tom Brady would say. Just like that, also. Hope you enjoyed watching whoever your team is. Today on the episode, we are going to be not doing an entire deep dive recap of week one, because let's be honest, this isn't a ma and pa organization here. This is a pa organization, stay at home, fad, dad, and we as a two-year-old who's running the operation here, is uh, not napping. And so not really at a place where I can do an entire deep dive on the entire week one slate of games. And so this week's going to be a little bit of a quick hitter, surface level, week one recap, meaning we're going to hit a couple teams. And of course, we're going to start with the Detroit Lions Unfortunately, falling to the Eagles from Philadelphia, 38-35. to I had the privilege on Saturday night of joining the guys from the Sundays for the Birds podcast. They're an Eagles podcast based out of uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, we had a chance to kind of talk about the game, go over some things that we thought needed to happen for the Lions to win. And unfortunately, those things just didn't take place, but... Still, go back, listen to that episode. Those guys know their Eagles, know their football. It was a lot of fun to hang out with Jake and Sean and Kyle on Saturday night. But unfortunately, the Lions just didn't have it. Kind of similar to the opening game last year against San Fran. If you remember, the Lions kind of started out really hot on the first drive this past Sunday. Scored right away. Beautiful drive ending in a uh, Jamal Williams touchdown. But from there, they just stalled. They could not get anything going. And, and last year in the game against San Fran, they were able to kind of fight their way back and make it interesting, and they managed to do the same as well. But just a, a game that you can't disappear on offense like you did if you're the Lions, going three and out on four or five consecutive drives after that incredible first drive. And so a bit of a, a bummer after coming out of the offseason season. And the Hard Knocks hype and bump, whatever you want to call it, kind of turned into a little bit of a uh, Hard Knocks curse, potentially. I I think in the long run, the Lions are going to have a better season than the game showed. There was still a lot that was good, a lot that went well. And so I'm, I'm still hopeful. I mean, you had DeAndre Swift, a lot of talk about him coming into the season start. He had 15 carries for 144 yards, touchdown. Also had three receptions and 31 yards. That's 9.7 yards per touch. And you had an offensive line that was really uh, banged up. Had a couple guys missing. Vitai, his backup, uh, Kramer. And so I'm, I'm encouraged. You get some of those guys back. 
Maybe you have a few more drives that have a little bit more success, and maybe things are changing. Goff, you know, he struggled, didn't have the greatest game, but in his defense, there was about five or six passes that I think receivers probably could have made a play, made a catch. He finished, I think it was uh, 20, I don't have it written down here in front of me, but it was something like 21 of 36 or something. But, I mean, you change that to 26 or 27 of 35 or 36 or whatever it is, and you add, say, 30 yards of passing, the the game isn't terrible. Yeah, you don't want to see your quarterback leading drives that are going three and out. But I think as Goff continues to uh, develop a rapport with some of the free agents, you had DJ Chark who had a couple nice plays, Josh Reynolds, I mean, back in the receiving core. TJ Hawkinson wasn't used a lot, but had a couple nice plays. And I think it came down to the offense stalling, but also the defense not being able to make stops when they really needed to. I think the Eagles went like 10 of 14 or 10 of 15 on third down conversions. Uh, Had a couple fourth down conversions that killed the Lions. They scored on one early in the game as well. But, I mean, Jalen Hurts just killed the Lions. That mobile quarterback, he was able to get out of some pressure situations. He was able to avoid blitzes. He was able to keep drives going. And, uh, I mean, it was kind of a similar story to the Eagles game last year as well in that they were able to put up big rushing numbers. Four different players had a rushing touchdown. The difference, of course, was instead of getting blown out 44 to 6 or whatever it was, it was 38 to 35. And so, so a bit of a frustrating game for the Lions, but all in all, I'm still encouraged that there's hope. They have an easy schedule coming up. Commanders coming up this week. Obviously, Carson Wentz looked great against the Jaguars in their first game, but we'll have to see what happens. There was maybe some questionable coaching decisions by Dan Campbell calling some timeouts in moments that he probably could have let it go. But I, I'm I'm hopeful. Tell me if you stop me if you've heard that one before, Lions fans. I'm hopeful that it's not the end all be all. I think they're gonna take some lessons from week one. And uh, I wanna see Dan Campbell and the team still be bold in some of their calls. I, I like the onside kick attempt. Maybe don't like the execution, maybe don't like the time, but I, I like that mentality of, of going forward and, and trying to to uh, take chances when when they're presented to you. So we'll have to see what's going to take place the rest of the season for the Lions, but I'm excited at the possibilities. I hope I don't get burned by that. But from here, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to head into a couple conversations that I had with a couple familiar voices that you've heard on the show before and just kind of get their perspective of how their teams did. Like I said, this is a surface-level, quick-hitter, Week one recap. So we're just going to hit a couple teams and how fans of those teams felt their teams did. So without further ado, let's head over to my conversation that I had with my good buddy, Andre. I'm pleased to welcome to Stay at Home Thad, one of my best friends on the face of the earth. 
a man who, if you knew him, would not need any introduction. But I don't know how many of you know him, but it's Andre Vanderlaan making his second appearance on the Stay at Home Thad show. Andre, welcome back. You'll you'll remember Andre from the Real Canadian Hosers episode back in season two. Andre, it's a pleasure to have you joining me today for this quick hitter around week one surface level recap. How you doing, buddy? Good. It's a, a pleasure to be here. And for those of you, I think it was your last podcast. I was also the friend that you made the bet with Mitch Trubitsky about. Um, yes. And so I have... Uh, I have accepted and you have paid up. And so thank you for that. And uh, we'll see what the next bet entails. Yeah, we. I wasn't going to bring that up ever again because I'm still frustrated about that. But anywho, Andre, <laughs> you are a Bills fan who has some more Bills paraphernalia in your home now. And yeah. uh, I just want to get your reaction to the Thursday night game. Obviously, Bills have some high expectations coming out of the offseason season. Josh Allen taking another step forward, all the weapons that are available to him on offense, a really solid defense, lots of depth at all positions. Give me your thoughts. 31 to 10, defeating the defeat the reigning Super Bowl champion LA Rams in the Rams house. Give me your thoughts from the game last Thursday. Sure. Yeah. I think the first thing you, you mentioned it, right? They've they're coming in with a lot of expectation and and it's it's one thing to come in with expectation. It's another thing to go with all this expectation going into the Super Bowl champs house and and doing what they did. I mean, they didn't punt once. Um, Josh Allen did what he continues to do. Um, and, you know, uh, the narrative is, is he getting hit too much? And I, I think we'll see as the season goes on. But it was exciting to see them with all the pressure, um, not only of – of the game, but everyone is calling them to win the Super Bowl, And, um, you know, that's a lot of pressure to start game one. So I think it was a well-rounded effort. You saw the defense, which they haven't really had a pass rush in five years. It feels like at least that's definitely been an area that they've been trying to build up for the last several seasons through the draft and bringing Von Miller in, of course. And then, you know, Greg Rousseau, a guy that they, they drafted last year, late in the first round, um, I feel like he's put on a ton of muscle, a ton of weight. Um, and so he's got a lot of length and, and that led to interceptions. I mean, you, you got to remember Tredavious white, the, the stud corner they have is still not in um, he's still recovering. And so they had two rookies that, that kind of flipped. They had uh, Elam and, Oh, I'm blanking Bedford, uh, the sixth round pick. So he got um, a lot of talk on the broadcast on Thursday for sure. A lot of talk because you have this first round pick and Elam, I think he'll he'll be good. He 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 was fine. But when you have a sixth rounder uh come in and kind of win the job, at least for now, um, it's exciting to see that everyone's buying in. And, and like I said, um, no punts and it feels like they were rushing Stafford all night. And that's something we haven't seen in a long, long time. So it yeah. was it was fun night to be a part of. Yeah. Or fun night to watch. I wasn't really part of it other than from my couch. Yeah, it was, it was one of those games that it wasn't maybe the most entertaining game necessarily in terms of like close action, you know, back and forth battle. But it was a great game in terms of watching a really dominant team. So I, I really enjoyed watching the game. And, and the Bills kind of have a soft spot in my heart. I grew up somewhat close to Buffalo on the Ontario side. 
uh, obviously closer to Detroit, hence the Detroit fandom. But for a, a chunk of my life, I was kind of in the Buffalo region also. So a little bit of a soft spot in my heart for them, you know, obviously not having any championship success and now kind of being the darlings of the NFL. So looking forward to Yeah, watching. it's a weird spot to be in. I mean, I mean, people in the last couple of years have, have criticized me or, or they've said, oh, you're a bandwagon fan. And well, I'll talk to you about Trent Edwards. I'll talk to you about JP Lossman. I'll talk to you about EJ Manuel. Yeah. We can talk bandwagon all you want, but you know, when We've we look there. over the quarterbacks from the last 15, 20 years, um, you know, and, and I was a Josh Allen believer at the beginning. I made a few, you know, bets with some friends about who would, you know, bets that are hard to quantify. But uh, thanks for bringing those Josh up. Allen, then. Josh, Josh <laughs> Allen didn't get a lot of love early on, and so um, I'd love to see where where he's been. And and Jalen Ramsey had some stuff to say too, um, because that was a that was another storyline, right? There's mm-hmm. that that clip of of Jalen Ramsey kind of going off on him and. And I actually saw an interview after the game where he he was given respect and he he basically just said you know a lot of times these guys are are potentials but they don't pan out. There's the prototypical QB that you want and they they took a chance on him, but how often does it work out? So yeah, you know what it's it's one game like they said, but to see Von Miller and Josh Allen at the press conference afterwards just kind of not two guys I thought I'd see sitting beside each other on the same mm-hmm. team um you know a year ago or whatever so yeah it's fun but uh yeah it's it's a long ways away so we'll see what happens let's cover two quick things before we hop off here and i move on to my next one. First thing is this if there's somebody that you would say really stood out to you i mean josh allen probably is the obvious answer so let's say outside of josh allen who was one player that really stood out to you and then after that just give us a little bit of what you're hoping that they can carry into. I believe it's the Monday nighter against Tennessee in week two. So yeah. maybe one player that stood out to you outside of Josh Allen and then kind of things to look forward to on the Monday nighter this week. Sure. I'll, I'll go to Greg Rousseau and, and, and he's the defensive end again, that I mentioned a little while ago, Vaughn Miller has a lot to do with that. I think when you bring a guy in like that, um, you know, they sign him for six years. Is he going to be there all six years? Is he going to be as peak all six years? Who knows? But it's already paid dividends in in Greg Rousseau, um, who just has a very high upside, and, and Von Miller's only going to help with that. But mm-hmm. to see him get a sack, to see him get close to the quarterback quite a few times, um, I'm really excited to see his growth throughout the entire year. And and as we move forward, um, I'll I'll throw out another player. I'm a big Isaiah McKenzie fan. He yeah. had he had a, a bit of a moment where you know Josh Allen had that interception, and it was more than likely his fault, um, but bounced back and got uh, a touchdown. Um, I've been pumping his tires for a couple of years. I just think he's got the speed and um, and skill to to make a big difference, and, and I think Tennessee could be a, a good spot for that. But you know what? I also look for Dawson Knox, who only had one catch. Um, he was yeah. he just got signed to a big, big extension, and, and, you know, it's nice when you have resources that you don't even need sometimes, and so mm-hmm. – I think there's about four or five guys that could step up. So I'd love to see, you know, something from Dawson Knox and Isaiah McKenzie and, and really just um, whatever Ken Dorsey, the new offensive coordinator, although has been under Dable, who is now in New York for a while, but just right. to see what they can draw up. It's fun. It's hopefully it's a fun year and, and it's pressure is, is good, but I'm looking forward to seeing what the season has to offer. Yeah. 
give us a give us a prediction for Monday night score. Yeah, so uh oh man, that's putting me on the spot. I should have uh, thought more thoroughly about that. Um let's go uh let's go 34-10 Buffalo, which Ooh. is not which is not, you know, it's it's basically three more points than this last game, but not just basically, know, it is three more points. It is. Yeah. I just don't see the defense giving up a ton. I mean, uh, you know, they've got Derrick Henry that they got to worry about, but uh, yeah. Beyond that, that Tennessee's offense prediction. definitely looked a little suspect against the Giants. So Malik Willis sighting? Uh, I don't think yet, but we'll see. Not yet. Not, Not yet. Not yet. One day. I got they, uh, Burks were, on my fantasy team. They so won the division maybe. last year. I, th- I think we got to pump the brakes. They had one rough game against uh, the uh, Giants team that we don't really know what to expect. So I, I think it's well, good. Yeah. When, when, yeah. Did this, when did this become Titans Corner? Andre, you have been great. Thank you so much for bringing your insight on the Bills. I, I should actually give you a little bit of a thank you because a couple seasons ago, I believe two off, two seasons ago, you said Gabe Davis is a guy that you need to look at for for some fantasy leagues and i picked him up in a dynasty league and that paid off a little bit last year and carried into this year already week one so i should thank you for that you know what it's uh it's been a pleasure and you know maybe i'll actually listen to your podcast this week there you go that's what you want to hear (laughs) thanks andre i'm just kidding thaddeus lots of love talk to you later bills mafia talk soon peace Well, we go from the elation of the Buffalo Bills fan base, Bills Mafia, to one that, you know, honestly, I don't know how this is going to go. Maybe have your tissues ready. There's going to be some heartstrings that are plucked at. But I'd like to welcome in for our around the week one surface level quick hitter recap, uh, our resident Cowboys fan and... Regular on the show at the keto grill guy, Joe Leo, my friend, my friend, my friend, first of all, thoughts and prayers. It's been a rough 24 hours. Why don't you uh, bring us into the Cowboys fan base? How are you guys doing? Where, where's your, you know, where's your heart at? Where's your head at? How are we doing? Give us, give us the picture here. All right, I like the way you phrased that, Thad. You said, "How's what did you say? Head? Where's your head at? And where's your heart at?" Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna start off with my heart first because, um, obviously, Cowboys last year, if you don't remember, were the number one offense in the NFL last year, most points per game, everything, and they got kind of robbed out of the playoff game through a bad spot and a bad call by an official. Um, and so I left <laughs> last year going, there was kind of money on the table, like there was there was a season to be had. Zeke was injured. And all through the offseason, everyone just crapped on the Cowboys, didn't care about them, pretty much wrote their funeral. And I did, too, for a little while. I kind of I followed the narrative. And then as week one approached, I kind of got to the point where I talked myself into the Cowboys again. Sure. Where I said, you know what? Dex, fully healthy. Like they've got, you know, they always have a solid offensive line. They have the MVP on the D. Like maybe Micah Parson is like he won rookie. They have all these things. And so I kind of like, you know what? Brady, he was off for two weeks, like mystery time. The Bucks are losing players, playoff Lenny's like buffet Lenny now. And so there was all these things that are like lining up. And I got to the game itself last night and it was an absolute clunker. 
even before Dak Prescott got hurt, I was just so annoyed with the entire offensive scheme. I thought the defense was playing lights out, forcing the Bucks um, not only like long field goals, but I believe uh, he missed a field goal too. Like there was just a, like the Cowboys were in this game, but then the offense just got so pitiful. No momentum, no nothing. They're missing Amari Cooper. And I just went through this whole deep, sad phase. And then I kind of got myself to the point where I'm going, well, it's still week one, whatever. And then Dak gets hurt. <laughs> and, when, and when Dak Prescott gets hurt, it's just like the air out of your sails. Because, like, obviously, like, the NFL is a quarterback league. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to be in it. And just to see that, like, go down in week one. <laughs> Yeah, you're kind of like this is the worst draw, and now I'm now I'm just staring at a season going like, well, it, my team's already out of like my team will not make the playoffs after losing their starting quarterback, mm-hmm. and so just going through the rock bottom of being a Cowboys fan who always has a target on their back, and now they actually suck, like right. well, <laughs> objectively and, suck. And it's a little bit of like deja vu all over again, right? Because you've you've had the obviously the this injury is not as serious as Dax first one a couple seasons ago yeah. but but you've you've been through this before and it was kind of like all right we've we've gotten over that obstacle he's back you mentioned he's coming back and then for this to happen week one in a game that was already just yeah, frustrating it was already yeah there, there was a graphic at the beginning like what you were saying like Dak is like i believe the only people who are like longer tenured than him mm-hmm. uh was gosh do you, you see that graphic at all it was Derek Carr with the Raiders, who's been there like eight years, and Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. Like, right. besides that, like Dak is like the longest tenured quarterback in the league, and I feel like I've never actually gotten to see like without a full season of like the full Dak experience. Right, and so, that's a that's a bummer. So where where do the Cowboys go from here? I mean, I, I saw a whole bunch of wild rumors online today. I, I know there's a, a portion of Cowboys nation that says stick with Cooper rush, just ride it out. I saw some people saying they need to go get Cam Newton stats. Somebody said pony up to pay for Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and the interesting thing about Jerry Jones, at least from my perspective is he's not necessarily like other GMs, you know, going back to the head versus heart. Jerry Jones is very much a guy who leads with his heart and it might not always be logical. Like what, what do you think the Cowboys are going to do? Do you think they're going to stand, stand pat with who they have in the QB room right now? Are they going to try go out and overpay for somebody week two? What, what, what are your thoughts? Is there somebody that you maybe want to see come in? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously I think, I think as long as I've been a Cowboys fan, I don't think I've ever seen them intentionally tank a season. Um, Jerry Jones is hyper competitive, uh, which is shocking that he hasn't won more. And it's weird to talk about an owner that way, but like he legitimately is the GM of the yeah, team. Like right. he is such the talent evaluation. Yeah. It's such a double weird... hat going on, and, but it seems like, but I think like how they always have, they always have players. Like they always have desirable talent around. It's just, they never can seem to put it all together with the coach. And so right. it's so weird to me. And I think that's what's going to come back to. I think it's going to end up with McCarthy in a weird way. This is where I said, I kind of went through the full, uh, the full circle of grieving because mm. I was I was excited when the game started. I kind of just went meh, and then all of a sudden losing deck. Like I'm going okay, the season's over, right. and then I kind of hit to the point where I'm like, but if McCarthy loses, you know, seven of the next, you know, say eleven games, and is you know four and eleven at some point, I mean, is Jerry Jones just going to cut him right there and then open the door for? You know, obviously the uh, next seat on the throne. Everyone knows the next Cowboys coach will be Sean Payton. 
which you brought that up on an episode, yeah. I believe, last season. Yeah, I mean, he was that was where he got his start in coaching. Was one of his first jobs with the Cowboys in 2002, and so he he's he was Jerry's boy. You know, Jerry takes care of his own, um, and so I can 100% see Sean Payton being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys next year, which then brought me back to the level of excitement, right. seeing what you know I, we've seen Sean Payton do with Drew Brees, with Taysom Hill, and you think what could he do with a real mobile quarterback? Um, right. And so, and I think this is also our last year that we're actually tied to Zeke. And so mm-hmm. going like, hey, we could have some cap space to make some moves because Zeke is a pretty big cap hit. Yeah, he is. All right. Before I let you go, uh, let me just yeah. list off the next couple opponents. Oh, I'll, I'll gonna... go I'll go up to the bye week, which okay. is week nine for the Cowboys. And I'm just so, not going to give you any explanation. I'm just going to say win or loss. Exactly. So week All one, right. Tampa Bay, loss, 0-1. Cincinnati. Loss. 0-2. New York Giants. Win. 1-2. Washington Commanders. Win. 2-2. Two two, LA Rams. Loss. Philadelphia Eagles. Loss. 2-4. Detroit Lions. Win. Wow. 3-4. Chicago Bears. Loss. So they're gonna okay. You you're getting the Lions fan in me riled up saying that they're gonna lose to a Bears team. They obviously won because of weather and not uh, oh, okay, never mind. All right. So you you're saying I know what by, I did. I yeah, I know that you know what you know you did. So by the by the bye week, Joe, our resident Cowboys fan, says that Dem Boys are gonna be three and five. And we Dem Boys will be three and five. Uh, does Mike McCarthy make it past the bye week at three and five? Uh, at three and five, no. I was being pretty optimistic. I think they're going to be more one and six or one and seven. So they are going to lose to the ca- to the Lions. Yeah, uh, maybe I didn't say that's going to be the loss, but maybe. Okay. Um, well, Joe, <sighs> I know this was you know I know this was tough. Hopefully, hopefully it was a little cathartic for you to it was, you know, have somebody just to process to, it all. Yeah, be, you know I'm just I just want you to know, man, I am a sounding board. And anytime that you want to, I mean, I've been there with franchises that are pitiful. And so anytime you need to talk more about it, you just, uh, you know how to reach me. Yeah, no, I will. Uh, I will. I will take you up on that when the Cowboys are winless going into week 15 and ask you, how do you actually survive a 0-16 season? <laughs> Right, so that's well, what you can give me advice on. This this took a turn <laughs> that I didn't want to relive. But Joe, thank you so much. We appreciate you Thanks, hopping Dad. on, and we will have you on again real soon. All right, go blue. Well, my pleasure at this time to welcome in a voice that you've all probably grown quite accustomed to, because it is none other than producer Sam. Producer Sam, how's it going, my friend? We are doing pretty good today. We're doing we're doing we're doing pretty okay. Doing good. pretty okay. That is. I was I was just saying uh, before we started recording, the beard is looking quite nice, and uh, I know this doesn't do great for a uh, audio medium, but if any of you get a chance to check out producer Sam's beard, yeah, uh, I'd I'd suggest go for it. You have to put uh, a link to. A selfie of me in the show notes yeah we, we'll uh i'll have my producer work on that um also think that producer sam maybe just left the recording that was interesting hmm never had that happen before wow 
we're we're gonna keep this in there because that was that was something. Was it something I said, Sam, that caused you to just bail? No, it was. It's my phone was not being friendly. I apologize for hey. the technical difficulties. I'm the producer, and I blew it like yeah. that. Yeah, but the it nice knows. thing is, this is this is a podcast based on grace, and so you have that here, Sam. You are a Steelers fan, although you were not born in Pittsburgh and haven't spent much of your time in Pittsburgh, um, which always baffles me to an extent, but talk us through that thrilling 23-20 overtime win over the Super Bowl finalist Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, that game was a absolute roller coaster. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was able to tune in for most of it. Uh, It did inconveniently take place right in the middle of my daughter's first soccer game oh. and and uh, a football coaching meeting. So I was in a public setting for like the third and fourth quarter in overtime. So Shoot. It, I couldn't hear, but uh, I would I just watch. like to say that's pretty inconsiderate of your daughter and uh, yeah. really needs to reevaluate the decisions that she makes. I agree completely. Okay. Um, but Good. I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was exhilarating. I think I've, I've heard it said, but that game, seemed like it was supposed to be over six times maybe Mm -hmm. seven um so it was it was nothing short of of a roller coaster ride and i think i'm i'm ultimately glad that this i'm very glad that the steelers won um it, it seemed like the the football gods that be uh wanted them to win especially after all the flags at the end of regulation that kind of allowed uh this, the Bengals to march right down to the to essentially inside the five. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the Steelers were doing, giving uh, I think it was Witherspoon who was in one on one coverage with Chase at the goal line there and gave him a nice five yard cushion. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that was about. Always but, uh, seems weird leaving superstar wide receivers wide open, especially one on one when you know, like, what he come on, we know what he's doing. So, yeah, exactly. But you guys definitely. Like, got away with one in the fact that the Bengals for some reason chose not to challenge that ball that was placed, you know, at the half yard line late in the game where it looked like chase kind of twisted his body and got it across the plane of the goal line. So, you know, I mean, the fact that Zach Taylor and his staff decided to not, you know, challenge that play, they still had their challenge left for, if I'm not mistaken. And so that was definitely a, a weird moment for me in the game. And um, obviously you had the injury to Najee Harris before that lot, lots of things that kind of took place, but I think the story of the game to an extent is kind of the story from the off season is, you know, Mitch Trubisky, maybe not the most stellar performance that you'll ever see. I mean, he went 21 of 38, 194 yards, 5.1 yards per attempt through the one touchdown, no interceptions. He had a, uh, took a sack, didn't have the greatest quarterback rating 48, um, which, you know, I don't think quarterback rating is the most important number in football, but did you have any thoughts about Trubisky and maybe the narrative coming in between starting him or starting Kenny Pickett? But what, what were your thoughts coming out of a week one victory with Mitch Trubisky at the helm? Uh, I, th- I think he did okay. I think ultimately, knowing a little bit of how Mike Tomlin coaches, I think he's probably going to be there 
for most of the season. Um, unless something crazy happens, I think he will continue to be the guy. Um, I think the the bigger issue, all that all that is important. Uh, Najee going down, it looks like he should be okay from what Which people are saying. Crazy! If you saw the replay, yeah, like, like legs should. should not bend that way. Um, however. The, I mean, obviously the TJ Watt thing, if he is, it looks like he's out a minimum of at least a month. It could be more. That's a big issue. But as per Trubisky, um, I think, I think he'll be all right. Um, I wasn't shocked by anything. Wasn't impressed by too much. I, I think if they give him, put him in space more often, I think that will bode well for, for the offense, especially with the biggest issue and problem with the Steelers team, which is the O-line. Um, yes. Najee Harris could probably be hurt and never come back again this season. And Jalen Warren or uh, Benny Snell, whoever is in back there, is probably also going to be able to run for 23 yards on 10 carries. So um, <laughs> it, it's depressing. I'm like, I think I could put my daughter who had her soccer game on last weekend um, yeah. back there and could probably do the same. Um, not not at all a bash on Najee Harris. <laughs> a complete bash on the play of the offensive line. Um, they had five, six turnovers, I think three or four in the first, whatever, 20 minutes of the game. Um, and st- whatever, six turnovers, I think, throughout the game. And still, it took that much for them to, <laughs> to get the win. Um, right. You can count on that. You can count on Minka Fitzpat- Fitzpatrick to play out of his mind. Yeah, and game t- saver back um don't know how you do that from his position but he was the reason they won that game so mm-hmm. between him and Watt, uh they were able to to pull it out i wonder there's part of me that wonders especially if tj's out for the year if i would have rather had the loss and mm-hmm. had him healthy for the year that might be that, sure like like that's something i think that was a, a loss i i mean everyone and their brother expected the steelers to lose that game um right. so Going in, going up 17-3 was a complete shock um, mm-hmm. to most people. Um, but ultimately, you got the W. Hopefully, they're able to, to be okay physically and uh, next man up mentality for mm-hmm. the guy injured. Yeah, sounds like you're a coach maybe. <laughs> I mean, next, next man up, next man up. It, it'll, it be, it, it'll be interesting to see um, going in this week against the Patriots. Mac mm-hmm. Jones got banged up last week. Broke his back or whatever. I don't, I don't think he did, but broke his back. I think he had spasms. I think he's yeah. Well, he was yeah. getting X-rays. Anytime I hear the word X-ray, I think fracture, broken. But I think I think he's okay. He's he's probably going to be playing a little bit banged up. But it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, do the Steelers have what it takes to go two and zero? And and I, I think you guys are at an interesting. I think this is going to be a really interesting season in that. You know, f- with the injury to Watt, um, with mm-hmm. the next quarterback kind of ready to take the reins whenever, but with the struggles that you have at some of the position, um, like, you know, O-line, like you mentioned, I I think you guys are moving into a weird year where it's like, do we want to compete and try to make the playoffs or do we want to, you know, burn this thing down and, and get better draft position to, you know, restock another 17 years of playoff births under coach Mike Thomas. Mm -hmm. Kind I of mean, a weird, weird place for Steelers Nation to to be at. One that you guys haven't really had to wonder about for the entirety of Tomlin's career there. So, very true. I mean, as Tomlin would say, the standard is the standard. 
it's not a Mike Tomlin accent. It's a uh, impersonation. It's just a uh, different voice than my own. It says standard. Nailed it. And uh, they're not going to, they are not going to try to lose games or anything close to that. I think they're going to, they're probably, I don't know, man, looking at who they have next Patriots after what the Patriots did to the dolphins, uh, how they perform there. Um, and then what is it? Browns and jets and then the bills. So obviously bills you're, you're dreading looking at that, mm-hmm. but it's not impossible to, to open Four up your court, like where it looked like it could have been a, a one in three kind of situation before this Sunday. Sure. Um, so just seeing how the defense played, uh, honestly, just the explosiveness, they still gave up 140 yards on the ground, I think. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a concern, but if they're able to generate plays and turnovers and, and be ball Hawks, we might, we might have a, we might have a team to watch here. That we is have might have a team to watch here and fighters. Into chance. Yes, sir. Love that. Well, Sam, appreciate you coming on tonight. I know, in uh, on your team's schedule, it was a bit of a tough go this week. We don't need to dive into that, but know that the stay-at-home Thad is always an Avondale Yellow Jackets supporter. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank and, you. Uh, we're in your corner, and we believe in you, and we believe in your Steelers. Hey, Jackets Nation, let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> All right, producer Sam, thank you so much, my friend, and I'm sure we will be hearing your voice across the podcast airwaves on an episode real soon. All right, have a good one, Thaddeus. Thanks for having me. Peace. Well, there you have it. There is our quick hitter surface level week one recap around the happenings of the NFL. If you are a fan of any of the other 29 franchises in the NFL, well, better luck next time. That's all I can say. But I'm excited for the NFL season to be back. It's going to be great. We've got lots of football coming up. We've got some hockey content coming up in the next couple weeks as well. Who knows? Maybe basketball? Probably not. Let's let's see where we're at with that. Let's pump the brakes maybe. There's a, there's a second offspring on the way, so we're going to have to see what, what things are looking like in the next five, six weeks here. But for now, the NFL's back. And it feels like all is right in the world again. That last statement couldn't be further from the truth. But from a sporting standpoint, yes, indeed. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. This was a blast. Special thanks to Andre, the Keto Grill Guy, and producer Sam. Always great to have good friends talking football. If your team did not fare so well as mine didn't this week well the nice thing is there's always week two and on that note thank you for listening don't forget to rate and review on apple podcasts and spotify share with a friend and as always i will talk to you later